stuff. Welcome to episode 12 of Good Stuff Sports. I'm your host, Mike Mason. This is the show where I talk to those in and around the sports that we love, the players who play the game. And on today's show, I talk to Courtney Miller, who is an exceptional women's lacrosse player. Her story is incredible from high school to college to playing for the Israeli national team. You're going to love her story. Pay special attention to her resilience as she tells about what it's like for a real athlete to recover from an injury as devastating as an ACL tear. Enjoy Courtney Miller and support Israel Lacrosse while you're at it. Thanks. Talk to you at the end of the show. Courtney Miller, welcome to Good Stuff Sports. How are you today? Good. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing great. So I, we, uh, you found me actually. You liked an Instagram photo, and I have no shame. So I immediately uh, <laughs> emailed you and asked if you wanted to come on the show because you have a pretty unique and interesting story. Um, we'll start by saying that you play professional lacrosse in Israel. Is that the best way to say that? Yeah. Yeah. And pretty, That's pretty much it. Yeah. And as someone who knows a little bit about Israel and has been there a few times, I had no idea that lacrosse was a thing there. So we'll get to that, I think. But before we do any of that, how did you stumble upon lacrosse as your sport? Oh, that's difficult because <laughs> I was a three, four, five sport athlete growing up when I was little, you know, until you had to commit to ASO and those rec basketball leagues. So my sports ended up being soccer and basketball. Like those mm-hmm. were my life. I was playing both club uh, for a while growing up. And then lacrosse kind of came out of nowhere in fifth grade. And I just remember it was it, it, having um, hand-eye coordination and being fast were basically the two biggest components of being a good lacrosse player at that time. Like there was a, you know, a pass rule where you couldn't, you couldn't go right to goal. You had to pass it a couple of times. The game uh-huh. has definitely grown since then, but I would probably say just from being a really active athlete growing up and then finding a sport that kind of mixed in the elements of soccer that I loved, the elements uh-huh. of basketball that I loved. And I ended up being, um, the best at lacrosse. So I figured I'd run with that one in college. And that's kind of how I ended up playing professionally. Wow. So were you recruited to play lacrosse in college? I was, yes. Cool. And where did you go to school? Like Colgate, I think, right? Yep. 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 Got a scholarship to Colgate and that was the best decision I ever made. It was an amazing uh, Patriot League D1. So it's not like the crazy, you know, Duke UVA type schools. It was, I had a social life. I was able (laughs) to, you know, compete at a high level and it was all manageable. So that was exactly what I wanted. Well, I think we're actually rivals because I graduated from Hobart and William Smith College, which is also Patriot League D1 Uh team. Yeah. So, um, but we can still be cool. We're still cool. Like it's yeah, all no, good. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so d- during your college playing career, what were some of the highlights? Um. Oh man, I guess biggest one is my freshman year when we won the Patriot League, and then we got a bid into the um, NCAA tournament. That oh, was wow. incredible. Um. And you know, I I got all Patriot League, all conference, all four years, which was I guess only one of three lacrosse players in all of the Patriot League who's ever done that. So 
that was pretty incredible post-college. And then obviously this summer I was inducted into the school's Hall of Fame, which was probably the most incredible. That is into my career. I, I've never talked to a Hall of Famer before. <laughs> so it's amazing. Um, I'm wearing my ring around and everyone's oh, like, so cool. is that some kind of Super Bowl ring? And I'm like, no, it's my Hall of Fame ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's so cool. So, I mean, I assume that a lot of people know what lacrosse is. But there may be a few that have never even heard of the sport, which would be interesting in this day and age for that to be possible. But like in the the simplest sense, how, how would you describe? I mean, is you you know mix of soccer, basketball, um, but like use like the equipment a little. Maybe talk about the equipment a little bit and and your role on the team, like what position you play and how it all fits together. Yeah, sure. Um, so I would say to imagine it kind of like a, on a soccer field, there's 11 on the lacrosse field, there's 11 players plus a goalie. So there's actually 12 on the field. And um, it's basically just working with each other, fast breaking, everything involved in soccer. Um, however, in women's lacrosse, you know, you have your stick, um, there's barely any pocket on the stick. So if you held your stick out in front of you, horizontal so it was parallel to the ground and you looked at the uh, the uh, basket of the stick you weren't supposed to you're not supposed to see the ball topple over the side so that's the shallowness of the pocket that you're that you're talking about right so in girls lacrosse more than boys lacrosse is all about skill and finesse you really have to give with the ball when you're throwing and catching you have to be very conscious of people checking you protecting your stick all that kind of stuff so when you take that into consideration and then working with your teammates on offense there's only seven attackers is it am i going too quickly is no, this okay this is, no this is great okay so once the ball is brought up past it's the 30 yard line that's when the attack is on offense so four people have to stay back those are the defenders so over in the attacking end it's seven on seven and you're basically kind of like men's lacrosse kind of like hockey you're looking for the best option in front of the net whether it's rolling the crease which is really fun up behind the back shot there's all these rules now with um, there's an eight meter fan. I mean, I could talk about the craziness of the sport forever, but uh-huh. basically it's really fun if you have a good dynamic, like kind of like a basketball team, you know right. each other's strengths. And especially at the collegiate level, when you are working with people and women who are super skilled and whose life is the game, you know, it becomes really fun sport. So yeah. yeah, it's it's it can be high scoring, it can be low scoring. You know, in women's lacrosse, you kind of have to stop when the whistle blows, which is a little crazy for some people. But it you get used to it as a fan, and it becomes a beautiful and grace. My dad is like he loves watching girls lacrosse now. He says it's the most graceful sport he's ever seen. Oh, no doubt. Um, yeah. So, are women's sticks? Are they? I know the men's sticks are wooden. They have the deeper pocket. Or sorry, men's sticks are, are generally like plastic or graphite or something. Are women's sticks? Is it like illegal to have that? Is or is it all wooden sticks? Yeah, so they're not all wooden. I'd say that uh, I'm not really sure. Let me grab mine. It's right next to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this is an STX Crux that I'm holding. Yeah, it's plastic. Uh, I don't really know, but it's pretty lightweight, right? And so is a men's stick. A women's stick is a little bit thinner, and yeah, so a guy's stick you can play with the pocket and you can, you know, try to check the stick, the ball out of a guy's stick and you can barely get it out with a women's stick before every game, there's a ball check. Uh So 
your team has to line up in front of the refs. The refs hold the stick at eye level, like I explained before, like right, parallel right. to the ground. They eyeball the ball. If it's hanging over the bridge of the stick, like facing it. Right, right. I'm not sorry if it's hanging over. If you can see it over, then the stick is good. Mm-hmm. It's illegal if you can't, which means that your pocket's a little bit too deep. Right. So right. pocket is the most it's a very difficult aspect of the game to kind of overcome. So that's why you see girls on the wall a lot, a a lot of wall ball, a lot of stick tricks, Uh but it's very finesse and skill oriented. It's, it's much harder than men's lacrosse, even to throw or pat or cat. I mean, just seeing guys use a girl stick is hilarious to see. (laughs) So what is there? Like, is there a reason why that is the case? Like why the women's stick can't have the depth of pocket? You know, I think it has a lot. So women don't have any equipment yet, but goggles and a mouth guard. So with men, I think since they can, they have to make it a little bit harder if they can tackle each other, you know, and like right. check each other's bodies where as opposed to women, it's a lot more skill oriented. And you can't, if you, you can get a foul, if you check someone towards their head or in their sphere, it's called. Uh-huh. So you have to be very patient. So I think that's probably like the reasoning be- behind us not having equipment. However, okay. we can talk a lot again about how I think women should get equipment and they should be allowed to play just like the boys. But Right. I think that's where we're heading anyway. Well, I, I you think the sport itself is headed in that direction where I do, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that I mean it makes sense, right? Like women are just as tough as men. There's right. no there's no probably tougher and uh so I think in your case you are uh a true example of that. You um you had a pretty major injury. Um so I, I guess what I'd like to to hear from you because for many people, you know, we see people like Tom Brady or, you know, um, like Russell Westbrook, who has done this twice, like they they tear their ACL and they're back in like six months, like better than ever. Um, But what I think it would be important to hear from is what it's like for a athlete that we may see in the supermarket or we may see, you know, out at tra- uh, like Trader Joe's, I mean, I'm food centered, right? I can't help it. But like out, out in the world, like what it's like to recover from an injury like that and what it takes to get back to the level, if not the level you were at, but better than the level than you were playing at. Yeah. I mean, that was, I had never been seriously injured before. So when it happened, it was October of last year when I was trying out for the women's lacrosse team and um, for the Israeli team, it was actually happened in Israel. Oh. And so I was thinking to myself, I didn't hear a pop. There's no way I tore it. There's no way I tore it. I even cr- traveled to Croatia with my sister and my friend Amanda after the fact. So I had a torn ACL. I didn't even know it. I get home and I got the x-ray and I realized that. And the uh, World Cup is nine months from that date of my surgery. So I'm thinking to myself, I have a goal. I'm on the team. I had c- tons of talks with my coaches. It was doable. My physical therapist c- like believed that I could do it. So um, you know, they, they told me to just go for it and rehab the crap out of myself and, and try to see if I could be able to play. So basically all of last year I was living in New York and rehabbing and working out and completely changed my entire lifestyle in terms of health, like eating better, you know, being more conscious of that kind of stuff. Cause I, I mean, you know, as a college graduate, you don't really think about portion control or, right you know, uh, how many grams of protein you should have a day. So as the adult me having gone through an injury and knowing that I needed to recover as 
quickly as I could, I needed to kind of incorporate every aspect of that. So that meant, you know, the food as well as the physical stuff. So yeah, I mean, it was a really tough and long journey and it was frustrating, but it was awesome because I, I saw myself progress. And that was when I really truly understood how incredible the human body is and how if you are diligent and consistent that you can reach your goal. And that was one of the greatest parts, Michael, is that I had the World Cup to look forward to. So that was a goal that I had set. Right. I don't know if I didn't have that goal from nine months from then that that I would have been as persistent. So I'm really thankful that I had that to, to push through. And like because of it, I'm almost 100% now. They say it takes about 18 months. And right now I'm almost at 14. Okay. Um, but you know, I'm doing everything I, I was doing and I was able to play in every game on the world cup. So that was definitely a success for me. I, I forget what you asked originally. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it was, it was you exactly what you answered, which is like, what does it take to come back from an injury like that? And it, it just the level of dedication and motivation and it, and it sounds like what's interesting. And I think that for, for kids is that you didn't just work on your knee right? You were, you were focused on everything, the entire system that is your, you know, your athletic body, like in terms of watching what you ate and like adjusting your workout and things like that. I think that that's right. important in general to hear as well. And it aided in your recuperation and your recovery too. So that's, you totally and completely answered my question. So, <laughs> so I think I inadvertently jumped ahead in the story when asking that because, so you had this incredible college career and then college ends and and somehow you are then approached to be on the is to play lacrosse in Israel professional lacrosse in Israel and and so I guess like what was going on between college graduation and that fateful phone call um let's see so I graduated in 2012 and uh it was in 2015 it was like May 2015 so about three layers later that I had gotten that call for Israel so during that time period I figured I should like try to have a normal person job and um after I was running around the city for like all that that following summer and a little bit of the fall um my it was so funny so have you ever heard of Fire Island yes I have so my family has a house out there and we grew up go summers out there. And the guy who actually built my, um, my house out there is, was my boss's dad. Okay. So he approaches my mom, tells her, tells her about this amazing company his son created and how it has its lacrosse recruits. It was originally started as lacrosserecruits.com. So it was just lacrosse and it was helping kids get recruited. I'm sure maybe some of the kids listening to this have maybe heard of sportsrecruits.com. But mm -hmm. anyway, it's basically a LinkedIn for high school athletes and college coaches. So you create this profile. Every college coach in the country can see your profile. They can message you on it. You can see what coaches have looked at your profile. It's it's foolproof. It's the new age of co college recruiting. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, why not? There were two Wesleyan, you know, lacrosse bros. It was all athletes. They needed some help with selling to families. I was pretty charming. So I was like, sure, I'll, I'll hop on. I know a little bit about lacrosse. Uh -huh. So I did that. And uh, it, I mean, I loved it. I loved working and living in New York. It was awesome and fast paced. And, and I loved it. Um, it just got to the point where I, you know, I'm, I realized that I'm not a desk person. I can't sit at a desk every day doing this kind of the same thing every day. I needed to be like out and about. So 
ended up working out perfect timing that I was approached about, you know, the opportunity to make Aliyah and become a, a Israeli citizen and move out there and actually help create the sport. So like you said before, it wasn't a sport in Israel until American uh, Jewish Americans brought it there. This guy, Scott Neese started the sport in Israel and uh-huh. slowly, but surely a lot of Jewish Americans were hearing about it and started getting involved. And so when we moved out there, we were besides practicing and playing and preparing for a tournament a few months from then we were going to schools and I learned how to teach kids how to speak, how to play lacrosse in Hebrew and wow. teams. And so we're all hoping that, you know, in the next 10 to 15 years, there's going to be a lacrosse, an Israeli native team that's representing Israel, not just American Israelis coming over like I did making citizenship, wow. but like born native Israelis. And that's a totally different history than the the history of American lacrosse, which is, you know, a Native American game. And so you are going and bringing it to Israeli schools and doing like workshops and stuff. And did you actually let us go to their gym classes and we we brought all of our equipment and you know, we'd be walking down the street and kids would be like, what is this? And I'd be like, oh, they're my clothes. And it was, it was amazing. They loved it. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. Did you like, did you come across any, because Israelis are pretty athletic and, and it's sort of like genetic, like they're generally in, in shape, which is like the greatest stereotype you could ever say, but like, it's sort of true. Um any kids where you were like, oh my gosh, what a natural, like they've never held a lacrosse stick, but they're going to be able to tear this up in a couple of years. Yeah. You know, there were a, a bunch of, and I was just, just particularly because I'm all about like women and female athletes. I was so impressed with some of the girls that I met and was like so adamant about getting them to come to practices and like be on our teams because in Israel, I don't know if, if you're aware, but girls like aren't supposed to be like athletic. They don't wear athletic clothing. They go to the gym and they like don't really know how to work. I, I don't know. It's kind of bizarre for me to go to Israeli gyms, but uh-huh. in, in the youth especially, girls were like, oh, this is cool. Like you run around and get sweaty and it's and like you guys are cool. So that must be cool, you know? So yeah. it was definitely really fun seeing some girls really take to it and like consistently come back and want us to coach them and hang out with them and tell them about America and how awesome lacrosse is. And it was very inspiring for them and and for us. Wow. So, uh, so, I mean, I have so many questions just about the, this Israel piece of your life. Like where, where were you like, where was your home base with like, which city were you in Tel Aviv area? It feels like a Tel Aviv kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I know. I wish in the beginning we were in Ashkelon, which is um, it's a little bit south of Tel Aviv and it's kind of like Israel across headquarters. I don't know how okay. they picked that little town, but that's kind of where it all began. Yeah. And we 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 really hit hard in Ashkelon. And then once we got more players to come to Israel and commit to us, a lot of people were located to different allocated to different areas. So my friend Taylor and I were to start a team in this little town called Kiryat Gat, which uh-huh. is sure. what I was told was if you point to the middle of the country and you fold the map in half, that's Kiryat Gat. So it's like <laughs> in the middle of the country. Right. And it was such a culture shock, like super religious. We went to schools and we had to cover our knees, uh-huh. um, you yeah. know, like kind of community. So it was really nuts, but it was just so cool to say that like this girl Taylor and I cultivated 
a team in this town of like, I mean, it, it was like maybe eight girls, but still we had consecutive practices. They were into it. We played games. We scrimmaged. It was wow. totally. That is so cool. That is yeah. so cool. Like going, you know, in the middle of a country that you don't know well and speaking, I mean, sports is universal language. I think there's something to that. Would you agree? A hundred percent. Yeah. Like the idea of like competition and teamwork and supporting each other as teammates. That's amazing. Um, so, so what is your, uh, what is your, I guess the, the question is like, so what's the schedule? Like you mentioned the world cup and I, I'm sorry, I'm, I feel like I'm jumping all over the place in these questions, but there's just so much um, <laughs> that I want to, that I want to learn from you. So when was this, this world cup? So you mentioned 2015 is when you made Aliyah, which means to become a citizen of Israel. And, uh -huh. and when was the world cup competition? So the world cup was this past July in Surrey, England. And oh, it's every okay. four years. So the coolest part, Michael, is actually that the men are hosting the Men's Israel World Cup next summer in Israel. Oh, cool. So it kind of goes all over the world, but it's the first time that it will ever be hosted in Israel. So it's huge for Israel lacrosse because this is just thousands and thousands of people are going to be coming to Israel just to, to watch the game of lacrosse that, you know, it's, has just become a huge part of the country. Right. Wow. Um, but, yeah, I didn't. When I when I first joined Israel across, you know, it was when I was um, asked to come and move out there and grow the game, and then also practice and compete in this. It wasn't as um, legitimate as the World Cup, but it was still the European National Championship. So there sure. was, you know, fifteen teams. I think we went to uh, Budapest and played. It was oh, that's cool. awesome and yeah. and very fun to play internationally. Uh -huh. And then obviously, what's difficult is that a lot of people like myself. Are, America, are based in America. So, and we had a lot of kids who are still in school. Like we have a lot of girls who are still in college. So I would say it was half and half at the time. During the year, it's half and half where we're summer in America, summer in Israel. Um, and we tr what we're trying to do is, because the women really need some support and we're trying to recruit as many female lacrosse players as possible to come and join and play and even like clinics around the country. So, I mean, as you know, this is just getting off the ground floor. So we're really trying to grow the game in America and in Israel and hope that we can gain some more interest everywhere so we right. can get girls. So you, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, so before I forget where can, so if I'm a, if I'm a young person, I'm interested in learning more about lacrosse and how to get started. If it's not a, if it's not a, a major like high school sport in my town, is there like a resource that you can point people towards in terms of learning more or finding how to get involved on a local level? Yeah. I mean, it, you mean like in general or with Israel lacrosse? I think let's do both. Yeah, for sure. I can, um, I don't know the the website off the top of my head for Israel Across, but I can definitely get you that information. Cool. And we're always like, I mean, we have winter service trips where anyone, you don't even have to be Jewish, can come and be a part of the lacrosse community out there. We play games, we coach, we wow. travel around, kind of like birthright. But I think at this point, especially with what's going on in that country, everyone needs to be aware of how amazing and historical the country of Israel is. So mm -hmm. it would be beneficial for any kid, any age to get involved. And yeah, I can definitely get you that information. That would be, that would be great. And then how about like stateside? Is there like a, a, a way to do that? 
the same kind of question, like how to find out if there's anything in my town that's lacrosse centric, or is that just kind of like a easy question for Dr. Google? Yeah, I would say Google, but also I know that um, we, somebody who works in Israel lacrosse, Seth Mahler, is always looking to get some more support um, on the U.S. He's constantly traveling back and forth. We have host families who have actually been hosting some Israeli players out here while they're playing. I think we did Florida and Maryland and, you know, kind of all over the place. So I can also get you that information in his contact info. So if anyone was interested in even just remotely learning about even donating equipment over there, because they need everything, uh-huh. I can absolutely let you know. That's Oh, yeah, that's great. So maybe um, we'll, we'll have that when, when this episode airs, which will be fairly soon, we'll have some links um, that people can go to to find out more. So, so you said the World Cup was last summer, right? So summer 2017, yep. which was also the time of the World Baseball Classic where team israel like sort of similarly to it seemed i mean you know it's kind of like a parallel thing in a way but like team israel had this like amazing showing in the world baseball classic where people going bonkers yeah i mean it was it, it was very cool to see it coincide and the funniest thing is our uh physical therapist who traveled with us was also their team's PT. So he, and he loves baseball. Baseball is his sport. So his name's Yoni Rosenblatt. He's actually, a, he works at a, a an area in uh, Baltimore in his uh-huh. own facility. It's incredible. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, he was always sending us emails about like keeping us posted and how everyone was doing and how cool it was. Like they really surpassed everyone's expectations. It was a true Cinderella story. Yeah, it was. That was very, very cool. It must have been really interesting to uh, to to be there during that time. So, all right, well, let's talk about the, the Women's Lacrosse World Cup and how did Israel do? So we got sixth. Okay. Out of... I believe there are 18 countries. I oh, nice. Now. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, our, our goal obviously was to medal. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, we have this ongoing issue with playing Scotland. In the past <laughs> three international competitions that we've played them, there's been like a lightning storm. There was some kind of stoppage of game. And this game was just, I cringe every time I think about this game because we sh- it was one of those games that you should have won and uh, didn't and we were so much better than them and we didn't get to go to the like the medal game and in that game we probably could have won the next one so it was definitely not it was a bittersweet ending because it was it was a sad way to end but sixth place you know I'll take it yeah sixth place out of 18 that's that's well above 500 that's well above <laughs> half um yeah. Oh, that's so fascinating. I'm, well, I, I did not mean to bring up bad memories, so maybe this will this will turn it a little bit. So, in thinking back on on your career, right? So you had some amazing, I would assume, amazing high school moments, college moments, and now like professional moments as part of the Israeli team. Is there like a particular goal or play or defensive play that you look back on and you were like, that was the highlight of everything. I love that play. That's the one I remember and, and I love talking about. It. I know it's like could feel a little bit weird to talk about yourself in that way, but I think that it's so cool to hear from the athlete themselves about the moment that they were in and what happened. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's so hard because I'm mixing up my memories from the uh, European National Championship with the World Cup. Uh-huh. But um it can be a, it can be a, it's a Frankenstein memory. It's from both yeah. of them. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I have one. Um, so at the world cup, they would give out 
these, the, I forget the name of the, I think it was Regina. They had this little mascot and it was this big dog, I think. And she was given out as a VIP after every, uh, not a VIP, <laughs> an MVP. Uh-huh. <laughs> same thing, sort of same thing, kind yeah. of. <laughs> so you were given it after every game, one person from, um, you know, from the entire game. So not even just both teams. And this was the, we were playing Japan and they were a bunch of fast and they were much better than we expected. And it was a tough game, uh-huh. uh, really fun to play in. And I just remember there was a time, like right before the first half, we were like down by two right before the first quarter. I'm sorry. Yeah. The first half, excuse me. And I had gone down. I was just, they had scored a goal that they shouldn't have. And I, and I took it upon myself. I was like, okay, there's nothing stopping me from getting this draw and going to go with it. Uh-huh. So, that was exactly what I did. The draw went up. I got the ball and no one stopped me. I went right to goal and we were then up by one and that's when the half ended. So that was a huge momentum changer. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. We were all really jacked up and yeah. like bumping and hugging and it was cause you know, you never want to end a half or down by one. So, or right. even tied. So it was just a really nice little fact that get us like all pumped up because we knew we should have been winning and yeah so then they awarded me with the mvp after that i think i had two cool yeah you are the vip and the mvp no doubt (laughs) no doubt well thanks for sharing that story so courtney how do we uh how do we find out more about you how do we keep up with you and 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 find out everything that you're up to and when you're playing in Israel and World Cups and and dominating Japan and Scotland in the name <laughs> of the good old USA, I would probably say the best way is my Instagram. I have a fitness and just basically all about happy living lifestyle fitness account. It's called uh, Fit Fun and Funky. Okay, don't get it twisted. Love and that. it's yeah, I, I kind of post inspirational stuff. I post fitness related stuff. I'm actually been recording us live on my phone as we're on this. So oh. I've got some guys listening live. Nice. <laughs> yeah. What's up, guy? <laughs> What's up? Michael Mason. Everyone. <laughs> that's so that's awesome. That's so funny. Um, well, I can't thank you enough. I, I, I really love talking to you and I loved hearing about your experience in Israel and, and the the way in which you have you tackled your injury and just we're not going to let that stop you and i i really wish you nothing but the best moving forward let's go israel women's lacrosse yeah yalla israel (laughs) yalla yalla Uh, (laughs) all right thank you thank you thanks again to courtney for spending some time with me uh, to talk about women's lacrosse in general and lacrosse in Israel in specific and about her injury and her recovery. And she is a high energy, very, very engaging person. Follow her for all of the episodes of Good Stuff Sports. All you got to do is go to goodstuffpod.com. You'll find them there. Also on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Now, maybe not Spotify yet. I don't know, but Stitcher and Apple Podcasts for sure. All of the old episodes. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next month with another episode of Good Stuff Sports. Good Stuff.